previously on Growing Up Gilmore. But who better to call you out than your own mother, mm-hmm. right? Or Emily Gilmore. He's eating this up that mm-hmm. he can brag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if your voice is in her head, it gives off that vibe very much. George. George Glass. George Glass. <laughs> you, she's like, you're cracked. This is nuts. And Lorelai's like, well, you're you're bigger. And that's yeah. like where it ends. And it's like, what the hell is going on? everyone this is amy and this is elise and we are growing up gilmore we are back for season one episode four called the deer hunters and if you've listened before you know before we dive into the episode elise always gives us a little play-by-play on the writer and director for each episode so what do you have for us elise all right well i just wanted to touch base with uh the title of the show the deer hunters which I think is kind of cool because that's a play on the title of the best winning picture, Deer Hunter. Oh, I didn't know that. 1978. Okay. It won best picture. This episode's directed by Alan Meyerson. Uh, He's had a pretty long career. It goes pretty far back. But I just picked out some of his more notable shows. Um, He did 12 episodes of Laverne and Shirley. Ooh, love Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, two episodes of Miami Vice, Baywatch. Okay. Uh, shout out to Pamela Anderson. In love case her. she's listening. Yeah. <laughs> I love her. And Friends. He did two episodes of Friends and 16 episodes of Boy Meets World. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's a good, a good balance. Uh, and he actually directed two episodes of Gilmore Girls. Oh, he okay. He also directed Love, War, and Snow. Which is this oh, season as yeah, well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. All right. And the writer is Jed Sedell. Sedell. Seedle. We're yeah. not really sure. We tried looking it up. Google pronounced it a few different ways too. So yeah, we'll just call him Jed for the rest yeah, of the sorry episode. Sorry about that, Jed. So he wrote episodes for Northern Exposure. Felicity. Have you watched Felicity? I did, but I was that totally shallow person that when Felicity cut her hair off... You stopped watching? I stopped watching. (gasps) Okay, I watched that in college. So, like, after it had already been aired, one of my um, college roommates loved it. Mm -hmm. So we would watch it, like, every night we would watch an episode. (sighs) I would rewatch it now that I'm a grown-up and so shallow, but... I loved Carrie Russell because yeah. I had watched her on that the um, remake of the Disney Mickey Mouse Club. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. So um, I did watch it until she cut her hair off. He also uh, wrote for Dawson's Creek. Okay. Veronica Mars. Oh, I love Veronica mm-hmm. Mars. That one is good. And Ghost Whisperer. Okay. That's mm-hmm. an extensive collection that yeah. we have this week. Yep. I think the writing improved a lot this week as well. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jed. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot, Jed, <laughs> for really bringing us back. Yeah. This week, our episode opens up with Rory and Lorelai shopping for school supplies, because now that she goes to Chilton, she needs serious school supplies, And there's definitely, like, a method to Rory's madness here. Mm -hmm. And Lorelai gives her a lot of grief for her preferences. 
Um, the funniest part was she wants legal pads and Lorelai picks out purple ones. She goes, I can't have purple ones. I go to a serious school. I need serious paper. And I'm laughing because as I'm watching this, I'm literally taking notes on legal pads. <laughs> uh, so I can relate to her um, preferences with school supplies. I was a big, a big school supply kid. I can see that about you. Yeah. I related to Lorelai in this moment. Sure. I mean, You're in high like school. just paper's paper. Yeah. Well, in high school, I was rocking Britney Spears folders. So. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I will, even at Shelton, I would have done that. Oh, no. <laughs> Mine are, you have a purple notebook and a purple folder, a green notebook oh and a green folder. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. No, I like it. I wish I was like that. It's one of those things that I wish that I was like. It is a blessing and a curse. Yeah. And I think... I am glad my mother just embraced it mm-hmm. because my brother is not that way. So she got the best of both worlds with us. A little Lorelai and a little Rory. Yeah. Cause I'm didn't even know that that's what that paper was called was legal paper. Until, oh really? Until just that. <laughs> so legal you do learn, are my jam. You do learn something new every day. Yeah, with, absolutely. With the Gilmore girls. Absolutely. So we open up to Rory Getting on and off the bus three separate times, every time coming off with different bags. And this goes back to what we've talked about before with the show showing, not telling us that Rory has a lot on her plate. There's a lot going on and she's trying to, you know, maneuver it all. She's still adjusting. This is like only her like first week at Chilton still. And uh, we then arrive to Chilton and we get to meet the infamous Max Medina, the dun, English dun, teacher. Dun. Uh-huh. Um, it starts with him passing out papers that they had written. And he goes around passing them out, making comments to each student as he passes them out. Good job. You're so good at what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to Paris yeah. and Louise. Both get A's on the paper. Mm-hmm. And then he passes Rory's to her and says, look at the circles and learn from them. And we see that she got a D on her paper. Sure. Right. I don't believe that. Yeah, I have a hard time with that, too. A D? Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, coming from being a, a former public school teacher... Why are we calling students out for their grade in front of the whole class? Yeah. It's a small classroom. Mm -hmm. There's maybe like 20 kids and you've basically just berated her in front of her peers. It's so embarrassing. Yeah. It's an abuse of your power. Exactly. It's humiliating enough that she got a D, of course. Yeah. But then to just say, oh, well, just learn from your mistakes. Like you didn't just shatter her entire confidence Mm -hmm. yeah so already not a huge fan of max medina yeah (sighs) me either yeah we have a lot of thoughts on him that we'll share later as we go on in this episode Mm -hmm. but the scene ends with paris and louise talking about rory's bad grade without specifically saying that they're talking 
mm-hmm. about Rory's bad grade, basically implying that she'll need to get a job at McDonald's because she got a D on her paper and really just twisting the knife. Yeah, and, and Paris says this comment where she's like, like my mom, my mother says someone's got to, what is it, wash the dishes or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. do the menial work. Yep. Just such a terrible comment. Well, but, especially, go on, go on, go on. But like, I almost wonder if her mother's made comments like that. To That's Paris. what I was just going to really? say. Yes. Yeah. You wonder how much these parents have already gossiped about Lorelai and Rory, especially because later on in the episode, a comment is made. Mm. At parents' night. Yep, yep. So. And, but also, I wonder if that mom has said that stuff to Paris about Paris. Mm. Couldn't you see Paris's mom being a monster? Oh, absolutely. And completely projecting onto Paris. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I think it's almost implied later on. Yeah. That she does do that. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we end with that. So Rory's clearly already having a great day. And then we get to see Tristan again. (laughs) (laughs) Asking her what she's doing on Friday night. And blocking her. Yeah, constantly. He he physically blocks her from moving. Mm -hmm. And I'm just getting to the point where, why is he so gross? I don't know. And... If he genuinely did have interest in her, is he really that stupid to think that this is going to win her over? Or is it that he just wants to mess with her because it's somebody to mess with? I think he thinks he's going to get her. He loves the chase, like you mentioned yeah, uh, a couple episodes ago. He loves this chase with her. But it's like, when are you going to take a hint He's not. It's just annoying. It's because he's so good looking and he's used to... Getting his way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He gives me very much like Josh Hartnett and Virgin Suicides vibe. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are at the inn with Michelle and Drella again and Lorelai. And Drella accidentally runs over Michelle's foot with her harp. He's very upset. She has ruined his $300 Italian loafers. When does Drella get the hell out of here? I don't know, but I'm really glad that you said it and not me because I know I went hard on Drella in the last episode. (laughs) Yeah, I just said, why is Drella still here in my notes? Because, well, she stays for a while, though. I know. I know up until a Christopher episode. I, this, these like little throwaway scenes with Drella feel like filler mm-hmm. and that's fine, I guess. Yep. Um, but we transition then to Lorelai going through the mail and picking out the magazine that holds the review of Sookie's food for the Independence Inn. And she is so excited to share with Suki. She says she's smelling a rave. He has a lot of great things to say. But then he says the risotto was okay. Perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. But how relatable is it for Suki to just focus on the one bad thing? And not even a bad thing. 
It was just like, well, it's whatever. Yeah. And it's the magic risotto. Uh Uh-huh. So I I can relate to that because, I mean, how many good things do you hear and all you do is focus on the one, like, somewhat negative comment? Yeah. Um, But she does go overboard with this, which is awesome for the episode. I agree. I relate to it. It's something that would be in my head nonstop. Oh, yeah. We'll go to my deathbed thinking about it. yeah. The things that you think about late at night. Yeah. Things that you did like in second grade that yep. you're like, why did I do that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I w- would not get as extreme as she does, but I mean, I love it. I love it. I she think does, she but... just needs to know that it's not on her. It's on him. Yeah. So I'm not justifying her crazy behavior in this episode, but I am saying I understand. Uh-huh. Uh, Rory comes back from Chilton with a handful of, bags and books and things and comes in and demands chocolate and she just without washing your hands sticks her hand right in that glass beaker and just keeps pulling out chocolate so hopefully it wasn't needed for anything later on but i would I think, have i would have done the same thing well yeah I'm i mean i understand in that time i think covid has made me a little more oh. self-aware of yeah. you know just sticking your hands into stuff especially like if that's food yeah they're preparing yeah yeah so we end yeah (laughs) so we end with everyone kind of in a somber mood and Lorelai being like we need to celebrate this is great and Sookie's like eh no thanks and Rory's like hmm I have to do homework so I'm sensing a theme for this episode already Uh Lorelai wants to do things and get out there and everyone else is kind of stuck in what they're doing. Yeah, they're focusing on the negative. Yep, exactly. And we come to the the Gilmore residence with Rory studying, Lorelai watching the news, trying to figure out when Rory's going to be able to come and play, I think she says, or spend time with her. She wants to get ice cream, and you can see Rory getting progressively more frustrated with her mother mm-hmm. as this goes on. And she hasn't revealed to her that she got the D yet. Right. Right. And she's just in study mode and Lorelai's like, what the hell? I'm bored. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Lorelai knows that Chilton is harder, but I don't think she expected Rory to be as intense. And so she's like, you need to be a kid too. Where, when are we going to find this balance? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if I was Rory, I'd say, you're the one that pushed me to go here. Mm-hmm. So there has to be some give and take there. It comes to the point where they're arguing and it's like Rory versus Lorelai. Who is the parent? And I know they're just joking when they're arguing back yeah. and forth. It's a light. It's a light, banter. like teasing. Yeah. But there is a deeper layer to it where it's like Lorelai you kind of are missing the mark here. Like Rory is clearly very stressed out and I understand the playful banter, but let's not ignore the signs that your daughter is clearly going through something. Yeah. And I think she even says later, she wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Study. She wants to study. Right. And she even says later, like, don't let me be an idiot without knowing I'm an idiot. (laughs) Clearly, she was not in tune to what was going on there. No. But also, Rory 
didn't express that anything was going on. And I think Lorelai trusts that if something was going on, Rory would tell her. And I think it's, yeah, I agree with that. But it's interesting, too, because, like, how that last episode, Kill Me Now, Mm. Lorelai was so annoying in it. Mm -hmm. And in this moment, although she is being kind of annoying, but she, she, it's like she's leaning into it and it's more fun. Right. This, we can see the balance of... Well, and I think that's thanks to Jed. Yeah. Jed! <laughs> because Sada. last week's Seagull. episode... Yeah. ...just was heavy. hmm But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that if Rory... Yeah, I, she should have just told her about the D, but... Mm-hmm. I understand why she didn't, too. Yeah. But... So the scene ends with Rory basically promising, I will go shoe shopping with you and (laughs) fight people off and whatever. Yeah, she she says, yeah, I will, if you let me study now, I'll play with you this weekend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just like how a a parent would talk to a child. If you let me finish my work, I promise we'll play together this weekend. Yeah, and Lorelai's like, will you take me shoe shopping? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm sure she needs more shoes. Yeah, we all do. Mm-hmm. But Rory ends up going to her room upon Lorelai asking, so where did we land on the whole ice cream thing? And yeah. she's like, leave me alone. And mm-hmm. goes to her room and shuts the door. Just makes me think of earlier when Lorelai said, smart girls are mean. <laughs> and then starts their whole argument. But that's where we end with that scene. So clearly Rory is experiencing some stress but is not comfortable talking to Lorelai about it. Uh-uh. I think she must be embarrassed. I think so, too. We are at Kim's Antiques. We have not been here for a while. And I just love the process of finding each other in, in Kim's Antiques. In this episode, Rory and Lane play Marco Polo to find each other. And there's this moment between the two of them where... Rory admits that she really misses Stars Hollow Uh and that Chilton is too hard for her. And Lane's like, what are you talking about? You said everything was too easy at Stars Hollow. And there's this moment where I think Rory, because she got the D on her paper, is missing the, the opportunities where everything just came easy to her. And it... It's that big fish in a small pond mm-hmm. kind of mentality that she's struggling with here. And I, I, it's still an adjustment for her. Things are going to be harder at Chilton. But I, for her, it feels like because she has failed once, she doesn't want to do it anymore. And I think that's a very real thing for a lot of people. Yep. Um, I know myself, if I don't do well at something the first time, I don't want to do it again. Mm-hmm. I think it shows a lot of her insecurity that we don't get to see very often with Rory, mm-hmm. at least in the beginning. It's I'll like say. Her, her weakness. Mm-hmm. She's so good at everything, mm-hmm. which is a huge strength, but mm-hmm. that is a weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I see, I'm not, I'm used to like not being good at things the first time. So if I didn't just do it over and over, Mm -hmm. I would never, I would never be good at anything. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like. No, I, I understand completely. And I think for Rory, it's, 
there's a lot of pressure on her to be good at things, too. Mm-hmm. Like, now she has the pressure of her grandparents and yeah. her mom and, you know, all of these people that are so proud of her for all of her accomplishments. I mean, mm-hmm. they say she's the golden girl of Stars Hollow, and she got a D. And she does not know how to process that. Uh-huh. I mean, I remember when I got a D in a class and it was the first time I had ever seen that on a piece of paper. And I immediately can go back to like how I felt. Did you have a nervous breakdown? Oh, pretty much. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> Good times. No, uh, it's funny because my husband is a political science minor, so he uh-huh. loves government. He loves politics. Yep. Anybody that knows Bryn knows that. And, um, I told him the only class I ever got a D in was government. Wow. Weird. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's pretty sad. Yeah. <laughs> I but would never I figure just, that. I never cared until we I started I was going to guess like math or something. Oh yeah. Math was not great, but I always like skirted by in That's math. That's good. Yeah. I would love to skirt by. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm more of an artsy person than like a a logic and math person. Yeah. But yeah, that, that is a lot of pressure that Mm -hmm. she has on her and Mm -hmm. probably why she is, like you said, closed lipped about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because how many people is she going to disappoint by saying she got a D? Yeah. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but in her head it is. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also don't want to pass over this scene without mentioning, uh, Mrs. Kim selling furniture right underneath Rory <laughs> and Lane working on their homework is on the table. Perfection. Yeah. yeah. Also, I think this is a good part to point out for direction. Um, the Marco Polo scene. Oh, absolutely. That was like a di- that was kind of one of the first different vibes I've kind of felt in this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the camera definitely follows her uh-huh. more than just like panning out and letting her walk through. It really moves with, with her, yeah. which is very different than what we've seen before. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there is one other scene in this episode um, that is a different kind of direction that I've seen. Okay, almost in you know, a lot of the shows yeah on episodes yeah but interesting it's cool like you mentioned with her still struggling at Chilton to bring it back to this real quick um it is like how what I love about this show is that they don't they take time with the story Mm -hmm. it's just they they continue where it left off in Chilton that she is still kind of struggling right it's not a quick adjustment period. Mm -mm. And I think we even talked about that in like the first episode that things just move differently on this show Mm -hmm. and it's a strength for them. Honestly, it is. I mean, they talk so fast, but everything moves slow. Mm -hmm. That is so cool. That is such a cool contrast. Yes. Because you would expect uh, it's almost like an Aaron Sorkin's work. You have to keep up with it, right? Mm-hmm. But there's so much going on to keep up with, too, along with the talking. Absolutely. So that is interesting how they did that mm-hmm. this way. I mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. I mean, even just this scene that we just watched with Mrs. Kim and Lane and Rory, so much 
happens in that scene. But really, all we establish is that Rory is feeling insecure about school. And then that Dean is asking about her. Yeah, we didn't even cover that part. No. So Lane says that this tall, perfect guy is asking about Rory. (sighs) Tall and perfect, I'm not sure. Uh, Yeah. But whatever. But Lane. Mm -hmm. He's totally a Lane type. Oh, yeah. And I think anybody that's not Korean is a Lane type at this (laughs) point. Yeah. Um, But you find out that Dean is asking about Rory and... Um, I love it because I can like feel how like Rory feels. I remember those feelings when you're mm-hmm. like, oh, what? Someone's asking about yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. But then you, she gets sucked back into her negativity uh-huh. because Lane says, oh, I told him that you had to go to the genius school and he loved that. He must love a girl with a smart brain. And Rory says, well, I'll <laughs> let you know when I find one. And it's like, shut Uh-oh, up, Rory. Uh- Come on. Yeah. A smart brain. It's yeah. hilarious. I know. We get to see the insecurity now. And I, we, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, that's fine. But last episode we saw Lorelai's insecurity. Uh-huh. This episode we are seeing Rory's insecurities. Mm-hmm. And we also get to see a tiny bit of Lane's story mm-hmm. because she's eating a rice cake. Oh, yeah. What is that? 12 calories. <laughs> so it's like, here's Lane's mom even controlling what she eats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think we're going to get a good balance of things in this episode. Mm-hmm. We are back at the Independence Inn with Lorelai complaining, venting about how intense Chilton is, which is interesting because we were just talking about how we weren't sure if Lorelai was really aware of how intense Chilton is for Rory, mm-hmm. but she's speaking more on a parent yeah. perspective, saying that there was this big debacle about our plaid scrunchies, a uh, part of the uniform, or how they send home thousands of pages of notes and newsletters for parents. And as she's talking, you can clearly tell that Suki is distraught. And Part of me is wondering, is Lorelai ignoring Suki's mood on purpose, like trying to change her attitude by just not addressing it? Or is she really just that unaware? I I think it's somewhere in the middle. Okay. Okay. Because we do know that Lorelai can be selfish at times. I think a lot of times she's selfish with Suki. Yeah. I've noticed that from the beginning, just mm-hmm. when I was not even deep watching, just casually watching Mm -hmm. I always thought she was a little bit selfish it's almost sisterly between them yeah so I don't take it too personal (laughs) not that I would take it personal but yeah I don't know it's a weird dynamic but she is basically blowing off her worries so right right and it boils down to Suki is still upset about the review on the risotto she explains it's the magic risotto because her mother was on her deathbed She wasn't supposed to make it through the night. She makes this magic risotto and her mother lives three more years. Also, it's uh, surprising. Her mom must have died pretty young. Yeah, that's true. I never really thought about that. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, because they're only in their 30s here. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. Hmm. And they never touch on that again from what I can recall. Jackson arrives. 
He says he brought the wrong thing. So still following your theory from the last episode <laughs> that he purposefully brings the wrong thing. I think it's his flirting tactic. That's yeah. why he likes to flirt with her. Mm-hmm. So he brings the wrong thing and she's like, eh, that's fine. I'll take it. And then he's like, wait a second, what's going on? Lorelai says the reviewer didn't like the risotto. And he said the magic risotto. You're kidding. And you can see he immediately is like, oh, this is a big deal. Uh-huh. I almost think he reacts better than Lorelai does. Uh-huh. Well, I think, yeah, because he likes Sookie. Right. Um, romantically. Mm-hmm. But that's probably why his reaction is a little bit thicker. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> but... and they have the understanding of food. Like, they yes. both, you know. Yes. I mean, he's not a chef by any means, but... He understands the importance of her skill and how much that means to her. This is important to her. Yeah, and and I can kind of see it from Lorelai's perspective because she's like, we all know you're an amazing cook. Right. Everyone knows. Why mm-hmm. are you worrying about this? Well, and this plays into Rory getting the D. It's one D. It's not going to change your entire future. It's not, it hasn't completely derailed everything that uh-huh. you've done up to this point. So there's like a parallel there that we see between Rory and Sookie. Uh-huh. And Lorelai's kind of caught in the middle without realizing that she's caught in the middle of a similar situation. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. It ends with Lorelai telling Jackson he needs to cheer Sookie up. And he's like, oh, yeah, uh huh, okay. Walks right up to her and goes, so, I heard the huckleberry crop's really going to suck this year. And that's where it ends. I have to bring up him in those overalls, Amy. Oh, my God. Because I've never been attracted to a man in overalls, but Jackson. never and still have not. I mean, I don't ideally want him in that outfit, but I still think he's really cute. It's a very farmer-esque outfit. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I think it's cute, but a grown man in overalls I know. Is, it is creepy. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. I don't need to see, like, a man or a, a male figure over the age of, like, five in overalls. Unless... Wait. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. I do like those, like, khaki-colored ones, kind of. Like, the okay, worker like man. the worker ones? Fine. Those are a little bit sexier. But if they look like Osh Gosh Bigosh, <laughs> not happening. I know. Not happening. I know. Oh. No, no, no. We're just going to leave the listeners with that <laughs> right there okay. to reflect on while we review the magic risotto yes. next. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Speaking of the magic risotto, that is what we made this week from Christy Carlson's cookbook, Eat Like a Gilmore. And I'll be honest, I was pretty intimidated about making the risotto. (laughs) I've never made risotto before. Me either. And I felt like there was a lot of pressure for it to be good. Uh Uh-huh. Especially with a show. Right. And I loved it. Mm -hmm. It was really freaking good. Mm -hmm. It was magic. It was. <laughs> um, I definitely would give it five stars hollows. I give it five stars hollows too. And I would make it again for dinner. We said like with maybe like chicken or something. Mm-hmm. We just made enough for 
everyone to have like a little dish. Yeah. Um, but and yeah. I don't even really like rice that all that much. No, but this is prepared so differently mm-hmm. that I think it makes a big difference and it has so much flavor. Yep. That was the best. We said it would be paired really well with a chicken parmesan. Yes. And we did make sure to enjoy a glass of Chardonnay mm-hmm. with the risotto. Um, the recipe does call for Chardonnay, and then we had a glass on the side. We mm-hmm. knew not to do the Riesling. Yeah. We did the Chardonnay. So I think that made a big difference. I think so, too. But absolutely would have again. Mm-hmm. We are at Chilton. Lorelai running into her parent teacher meeting night late. Of course. Yes, but does it with such grace to the point where <laughs> she knocks over a globe and says, what in the world? I love how she does it. I know. She goes, her physicality. I know. So good. She's like in front of everyone and everyone's staring at her and then she's just like, it's so performative and she mm-hmm. knows how to perform for people in that mm-hmm. kind of Jennifer Lawrence babbling kind of way yep, at the Oscars. Absolutely. And she's like, what? Yeah. What in the world? <laughs> Taps on the globe. Yeah. So great. Things go back to their conversation about the AP test. Lorelai takes a sip of the coffee. Jesus, Mary, Joseph, and the camel. (laughs) This coffee is bad. Brings the attention back to her. And then says, yeah, so what are we going to do about this test? Yeah. (laughs) And as they're talking about the test, Lorelai says, well, where is it? It's at Chilton. Then she asks if she can come see the test. Because she's like... It sounds so exciting. I just want to see all of the excitement. And this one man is very offended. Or not offended, but just like dramatic. It's just a test. He goes, why would you want to come? Everybody's like, what? Yeah. And she goes, do you golf? And he's like, yes. And she goes, you explain yours. I'll explain mine. And then the conversation continues. One of the moms after that argument, she says, Is that the woman that voted for the scrunchies? And then the other mom replies, She must be the scholarship student. And it's like, why are you whispering this? Because she's like literally sitting next to you and looking at you and can hear you. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because she cuts him <laughs> off and she says, Excuse me? And then Max Medina is like, I think this is a good opportunity for us to take a break. Yeah. Which essentially means all of the other parents pair off and talk crap about Lorelai while she's talking to Max Medina. Uh-huh. I, Although we have to deal with the man of who is Max, mm-hmm. I think this scene is so good. It's so yeah. well written. Mm-hmm. It's I agree. It's funny. It's fast paced. Well, and he does really match her banter. Mm-hmm. That is one thing I will say about Max that he, I do enjoy is he can keep up with her. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's a little judgy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we will we'll get, get into in, yeah. that. But He's I think... automatically taken by her, though, the mm, second it's he very sees her. Clear. And while we were watching this scene, you know, figuring out what we wanted to talk about... I said, the only thing I really like about Max is his hair. And I was like, I said the same thing to myself in my head last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I just... He does have great hair. Yeah, he does. And you get to really enjoy the back of his head in this scene a lot. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like a conversation the way that it's being filmed. Yeah. It's different the way that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that 
in itself is an interesting take. I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even that scene, when they show all of the parents watching Lorelai, you feel like you are the one being watched. Uh-huh. Because you don't see Lorelai. You only see this, like, sea of parents looking at you. Mm-hmm. So I think that they did a great job. Um, Director-wise, they did a great job making you feel like it's first person point uh-huh. of view. Yeah. And you almost feel like that sense of embarrassment that uh-huh. Lorelai has there. And it almost feels theatery too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of movement and mm-hmm. even and stillness, but yeah, opportunities mm-hmm. for movement. Yes. So we learn about Lorelai and Max. They kind of have, like, a connection. There's something brewing he there. He seems everything she's doing is so cute. And, mm-hmm. it, and it is. Yeah. She is one oh, of those people. Oh, he's totally smitten by her already. And he, like, I love this part where she's sitting down and, like, all the other ter- parents will, like, just say what they want to say. She raises her hand. There's a level of respect. She raises his hand, her hand and he kind of, like, looks at her and goes, Mrs. Gilmore. No, he and says, he, like, Miss Gilmore. Yeah, Miss Gilmore. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, and he liked that she was raising his. He thought that was cute because yeah. she could just talk. She doesn't need to raise her hand, right? Like a student. But I think it shows that she is uncomfortable yeah. and in a very different world. Like how she is. Like we talked about this early, like in an earlier episode, how she is around other people who are around her age. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who's not the core of her town or whatever. Right. She lacks... But, that's her insecurity. Yeah. Being there. Now we see that parallel to Rory's insecurity being there as well. Mm-hmm. I think Lorelai worries that she is not good enough to be there. And Just now, like Rory. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And now we're seeing that with Rory. This scene ends with Max and Lorelai chatting and Max says that he hopes Rory is adjusting well and that they need more people like her at Chilton. And eventually he tells Lorelai that Rory got a D on her last paper. Lorelai doesn't panic, but she suddenly starts to connect the dots and realizes that's why she was upset and that's why she didn't want to get ice cream. I feel like such an idiot. She's never gotten a D before and I have to go home right now. In that moment, we get to see in Max's face, I think he really respects Lorelai for wanting to go comfort her daughter in this moment. And it makes me wonder if he doesn't see that with other parents. Mm -hmm. Everything is more focused on getting the grade, you know, graduating at the top of your class, you know, more of the like surface level things. And it almost appears as if he's falling in love with Lorelai at that moment because she is presenting someone that is so different from anyone he's met at Chilton before. And I think that has a huge impact on him in that moment. And when we look at Lorelai in this scene, it's so different from when we had Rory's first day and she met Ian Jack. And that was a big moment for Rory too, but I think there's more of an emotional pull in this moment for her to just drop this flirtation with Max and immediately go and take care of Rory. 
And it's nice to see that because sometimes Lorelai can come off as selfish or is selfish in different moments. And it's nice to see that she can and she does put her daughter first. So she ends up saying whatever to the AP test meeting and going to meet Rory. We find Rory at Luke Steiner studying for Chilton and he brings her a piece of pie after she throws a pencil on the floor and he says throwing pencils is pie if you threw what was it a pen he'd bring her trout and she's like what are you talking about he goes I don't make the rules and he just walks away and I love this moment because we get to see that behind his heavy exterior his hard exterior Mm -hmm. very broody he genuinely does care Uh especially for Rory Mm -hmm. and when Lorelai walks in she says oh she's eating pie and he's like I don't know she's your daughter I just serve her she didn't order the pie you did that Luke yeah (laughs) check yourself (laughs) whatever I just think that's cute but it is cute So Lorelai confronts her. Rory says it's humiliating. Getting a D at Chilton is like an F at Stars Hollow, maybe even a G or a W. Lorelai basically confirms that this is not the end of the world for you. Like there's so much more to you than just this grade. Yeah. And that you can come back from this. I wonder though... Is this her first graded assignment? Or if she's I think got... in that class, yes. In that class. Mm-hmm. Because if that's your first graded thing of all your classes, I would be so scared too. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, dang it. What? Well, and I'm I think... I'm not going to survive. I think part of it is harder for her too because it's an English class. And she's a reader. Mm. So she's very well read. Yeah. And articulate even just in conversation and for her to get a D on a paper in an English class is hard. That's what it is, is that she is such a big reader and probably put the English class on her last of the list of priority to focus on. Cause she's yeah. like, that's going to be my breezy class. Right. Right. Cause I'm sure it was at stars hollow high. Mm-hmm. So for her, it's that's my passion. So I know it'll be easier to accomplish that work. Kind of thing. No, I think that's a great point. Yeah, I just, but I still, like, it makes me really hate Max not to bring it back to him, but I can't imagine that paper was a D. I can't. Yeah. Not in an English class. No. I have a very hard time with that, too. But, yeah. But Lorelai tries to fix the issue. At first, I'm not sure if she's really helping because she keeps, like, making light of the situation Mm -hmm. and it is harder for Rory but eventually Rory does come around to it and I think she does help her get to where she needs to be Mm -hmm. but it is nice to see Lorelai reaffirming that Rory is not the kid that just gives up on things she does try hard she works hard everything she has it's because she's worked hard for it Mm -hmm. not because she's given up and moved on to something else and I think that's probably very true for Lorelai too I mean she had to work her way up at the Independence Inn so we get to see 
you know, they both have have had to work hard for what they have. Mm-hmm. And they don't give up if things get hard. They just have to keep trying. Yeah. And I think she's also, like, giving a good balance to, to the situation and reminding Rory, hey, look, you being smart isn't just, like, a gift that just is given to you. Right. And it's just going to one day disappear. Mm-hmm. Like, you are actually in charge of that ship. Right, yeah. You get to decide where it's going. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that once you read one book, you're smart the rest of your life. It's a a choice that you have to actively keep making for yourself to keep progressing and growing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nope, I think that's a great point. So we end with the two of them deciding they are going to study for this Shakespeare test together. They are going to get her that A and figure it all out. Mm-hmm. So then we cut to... A, a smaller scene uh-huh. where Rory is sitting on a bench studying. It must be at Chilton because she has her Chilton uniform on. And Paris comes up behind her and starts reciting Shakespeare's sonnet 116. It's really long, too. It's very long. Like, she must have stayed home the night before and just sat in her room and memorized that monologue. Well, I, I wonder if it's a part of the exam. Yeah. If they have to recite or, you know, decipher which one is which kind of thing. So she probably has a lot of them memorized, Mm -hmm. but she knows how to get under Rory's skin I know. She's just whispering in her ear and she's like, thou shall be in the night to the blah, blah, blah. (laughs) It's just like, oh my God. Yes. Not even looking at her in the face, just whisper, like saying it in the low tone in her ear. Mm -hmm. Rory's just sitting there like, oh my God. Right. But what do you think is the purpose of this scene? Because it doesn't really provide us with much other than Paris getting under her skin. Yeah. And and maybe it was a filler scene. It is the best filler scene I've ever seen, though. I love it. I, I love almost, this scene. Yeah. I think it's they're turning the... The tension. The tension up a little bit. Yeah. And making the stakes even higher. Like, because... If she wants to do well, she has to now prove Paris wrong. Yeah. Because Paris knows she got a D on that paper. So she is humiliated because of that. Uh-huh. But if she does well on this paper, then she can come back to Paris and say, yeah, I got a D on that paper, but look at how much ass I kicked on this test. Mm-hmm. So you need to stop talking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but Paris is born to play Lady Macbeth. Oh, yes. Could you? Yes. Could you see that? Mm-hmm. I wish they would have got Paris into theater. I know. In one of these episodes. Well, they do perform. Yeah, they scene. do a play. Don't they have a play, Romeo they and Juliet? They do Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, she would have been a great lady. Macbeth. She's boring. She should do that right now. Yeah, absolutely. Someone needs to make that happen. Yeah. But so we end with that creating a little bit more tension. Um just so we know how high the stakes are Uh for this test. We are back at the kitchen of the Independence Inn with Suki still obsessing over the risotto. She's made 40 different recipes now. She's shoving all these different spoonfuls of risotto in Lorelai's mouth. And she said, no matter how many recipes I make, mine is still the best. And she cannot let go of the fact that it was perfectly fine. To the point now where she has 
narrowed down who the waiter was to see if she could figure out what he had ordered or if there was a circumstance, you know, distracting him from enjoying the risotto. And we just see this obsession build further. Yeah, she can't get over this review. Mm -mm, mm -mm. She's not going to. And we see that Rory is not over getting the D. Suki is not over getting this review. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing two sides of it here, like parallel now. And And Lorelai's like, yay, I'm finally not the crazy one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Lorelai doesn't have that. She gets a break. It's everybody else (laughs) now this time. Yeah. So it's, it's good to see that. And I think too, like, Although Suki is upset, she still does provide that comedic relief that we need mm-hmm. in the episode, no matter what. I mean, she's Melissa McCarthy is just fabulous mm-hmm. in this, I will say. We are back at the Gilmore residence, and Lorelai is helping Rory study. She's quizzing Rory and not being entirely helpful. No. The, like, buzzer sound yeah. every time she makes a guess. And then Rory's like, can you stop doing that, please? And I a part of me wonders, too, if Lorelai is starting to see how over her head Rory is in all of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they didn't have to pull all-night study sessions like this when she went to Stars Hollow. Mm-hmm. And seeing firsthand now how different and difficult it is for Rory. And she's learning, you know, she is learning a new study tactic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think it gets, obviously gets better, but. Yeah. She, yeah. Yep. It's finding the healthy balance. Mm-hmm. And it takes time because she came in late into the school year already. Yeah. So she's, not only is she trying to keep track of new material, she's also teaching herself the old material. So there's a little bit of both going on here. But the scene ends with Lorelai falling asleep and then Rory laying... On the couch. Yep, on the couch. Rory laying a blanket on her and then we cut to Lorelai waking up and going to sit at the table with Rory who is asleep and covers her with a blanket and they both fall asleep at the table. Yep. It's a very sweet... Mm -hmm moment when Lorelai wakes up and gets off the sofa the song my darling by Wilco starts playing and it does feel very soft and dreamy and just perfect for this yep this is a scene I was talking about earlier direction wise oh really okay let's talk about it because I do think it's an interesting choice to have this little scene where Lorelai wakes up and then in turn covers Rory. Yep. Yep. It to me this was a a different direction I've seen the show go thus far. Um, they don't do a lot of music in this show. No, and if they do, the it's just loss, Sam yeah. Phillips doing the law. Lo- yeah. Yeah. The law. Mm-hmm. Law. <laughs> I'm not gonna do a copyright, but yeah. Um, yeah. So to me, this was a different direction. It's very dreamy. Just like, it's almost like she wakes up and she's sleepy and then it's the showing and not telling mm-hmm. kind of thing. But um, yeah, I thought that was a cool direction. Yeah, it's the showing, not telling about 
how they work together mm-hmm. and they care for each other. Because we see this, Rory placing the blanket shows her love for her mother. And then Lorelai returns the favor and does the same thing. And it's this, they are comfort for one another. And it's very sweet and it comes off very genuine. Mm -hmm. I would never be able to fall asleep on a table. Yeah, no, I don't know if I've ever done that. Maybe if I was Rory and it just happened and I was studying, but for Lorelai, I couldn't just sit down. No, and me neither. Like, but maybe she here. wasn't, like, fully awake either, yeah. you know. But it is a very sweet moment, mm-hmm. which is a great juxtaposition to what happens next. Yep. We wake up in the morning with Rory, realizing that she is late for school. And now we get to see her rush out the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lorelai says, you're not missing that test. We studied all night. You have to get there. She can't take her. So she gives her the keys to the car and says, go. I'll ride with Suki and do a great job on your test. And Rory is like disheveled. She still has her pants on underneath her skirt, running out the door. We follow her driving and she stops at this stop sign and uses the cell phone to call Lane because she can't find some of her notes. And while she is on the phone with Lane, she gets hit by a deer. And Lane's like... She does not hit the deer. No, the deer hits her. And Lane's like, you just hit a deer? And she's like, no, I got hit by a deer. (laughs) And this is like setting up a joke now for the rest of the episode. Because every time she says she was hit by a deer, somebody tries to correct her. So she gets out, she tries to find the deer, she can't find it, and Lane says, it's 7.40, and Rory rushes back to the car, she gets to school, she's like trying to pull up her socks, pulls out her ponytail, because she doesn't have the approved scrunchie in her hair, Mm. and gets into class, where Max Medina tells her that she missed the test. She's five minutes late. And if you're late, you can't take the test. Thanks, Max. Mm-hmm. So cool of you. Real cool guy. And she ends up going on a tirade. I, I stayed love up it. all night studying for this test. I know Shakespeare. I know the day he was born. I know his mother's name. And while she's listing off all of this stuff, Paris leans over to Louise and goes, loser. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and... Then Rory goes off on her. You have everything. You have the status. You have the grades. You have everything. What's wrong with you? Yeah, what's your problem? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love I know. Rory's freaking out. Me too. It's so good. And it ends with, oh, you've got nothing to say? Why don't you have anything to say, Quippy? <laughs> <laughs> and then Max, like, tries to pull her out of the room. As she walks by Tristan, she explodes with her and... For the last time, my name is Rory. <laughs> and he just pulls her out of the room. Oh, and and he has been watching her freak out, and he is so turned on by this. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. He is loving yeah, her he freaking thinks it's out. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah, he's just grinning. and. Mm-hmm. But the look on Paris's face was not the same. No. Well, no, she was not turned on. No. <laughs> she was not. Uh... You could tell that no one's really ever called her out before. Yeah. Or maybe even verbally attacked her 
coming at her for how she treats people. Yeah, I think that she did have a slight sense of, I am an asshole. Yep, totally. Because you just pushed this poor girl to the, she is screaming in class. Right. (laughs) Like, this is like... This is abusive, what you're doing. It's gaslighting her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's horrible. And we finally see the boiling point. She has boiled over now. Mm-hmm. And we see and you we are see your it. mother's daughter. Yep, we see Lorelai. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So She's like, I love it because she's, and I feel this way too. I will like put up and put up and put up. Yep. And then... It turns into a snapping thing. Yep, and absolutely. You just, and you lay the law down. It, and I live for it, though. I live for this this part of Rory. Me too. I, I think it. it's fun. And it does not happen enough. No. no. She becomes a punching bag many times. And very rarely does she stand up for herself. Mm-hmm. But it was time. She knows what, how to... She, she comes from her mother, so she knows how to... Have a freak out. So don't mess with Rory, guys. Exactly. We are back at the Independence Inn with Suki. And she has discovered why the risotto did not go over well. And it's because he ordered a Riesling with the risotto. Mm -hmm. And this causes Suki to then question the waiter's taste Mm -hmm. and her and Lorelai kind of go off on this whole, uh, it makes sense that his girlfriend left him and it made us laugh because that's definitely how a conversation with us would go. And they're celebrating and having a great time. And suddenly Michelle comes in to break up the excitement and says that there's a man with a funny accent on the phone calling for Lorelai, and it turns out that it is Headmaster Charleston, and that brings us to Chilton. We see Rory sitting outside of the Headmaster's office, and she tells Lorelai that she was not able to take the test and that she was hit by a deer. And this is the first time that someone does not try to correct Rory, She says, you were hit by a deer. And I think that speaks to their relationship, that they understand each other. Uh So she proceeds then to burst into the headmaster's office. And we were laughing because she actually does remove her coat in this scene. A little callback to the second episode, which we thought was really fun. See, I have nice outfits. So she comes in to the office And immediately starts explaining why she was late, that she needs to take the test. She was up all night studying and Headmaster Charleston immediately starts making excuses. My dog ate my homework. My grandma died and said that there is no excuse. Uh She needs to be on time, which sends Lorelai into a massive temper tantrum And eventually causes her to turn on Max as well and says, you set impossibly high standards. We are only one person. We can't be up all night studying and doing homework and doing all of these other things. And when she turns on Max, he says, 
that's not fair. And she goes, you're right. I wouldn't want to get you in trouble with Il Duce or anything. And it just shows that despite the connection that they had, she is still going to come to bat for Rory no matter what. At the end of her tamper tantrum, Hanlon says that Rory threw a very similar fit in class and Lorelai says, Rory doesn't throw fits. And Charleston says, well, then she did a lovely impression of you. He tells Lorelai to take Rory home and decide if this is the path they want to continue on. And this reminds us of that second episode when he tells her that there is a possibility that she will fail and failure is a part of life. And they need to decide if Chilton is the right path for her or if she needs to go back to Stars Hollow High. We then get to see Rory again. And I think this shows that, you know, we've been talking a lot about how much composure Rory has and how she can stay so silent. But we definitely saw her breaking point and everyone has a breaking point. It's good to see that Rory does too, because I think it adds a level of reality to this character. Yep. Upon leaving the headmaster's office, Lorelai takes a deep breath and says to Rory, so you got hit by a deer? And then we cut to the Jeep. You can clearly see the side door is smashed up. And she says, you really got hit by a deer. We are now with Sookie, and you can see that she has parked the company vehicle outside of some stranger's home, and she knocks on the door backwards with her elbow, and she's holding a tray in one hand and a glass of wine in the other, and we discover that she is at the food critic's house. Like, this is her Rory freaking out in the classroom moment. Mm -hmm. This is too far Uh even the food critic is like this is wildly inappropriate (laughs) but she's like no 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 i just need you to eat this dish and drink this wine and you can't see me but i'm doing the exact gestures that she's doing and it's like she's allowing him like she's trying to be less creepy by not just facing him yeah she's giving him a sense of privacy still yeah but it makes it even more weird i agree yeah (laughs) And I think, like, for food critics, it is important that you don't know what they look like because yeah. then it's an unbiased yeah, opinion. Yeah. But I just think it's funny how serious she takes it. Mm-hmm. And I think she just really needs the comfort of knowing that it was not on her. It was because of somebody else. Yeah. It was the wine. Mm-hmm. It was the wrong wine. You needed, the sh- you needed, like, a Chardonnay or something. Yeah. Which is different from Rory's situation. It depends on how you want to look at it. Yeah. So we're left with him trying the dish and her just being so content and happy that she figured it all out. Yeah. It's so cute. It's so cute. We are now back in the Jeep with Lorelai and Rory. And we approach the stop sign where Rory was hit by the deer. And she says she wants to get out and find the deer. So they both get out. And as they are walking, there's this great moment where Lorelai tells Rory if she wants to go back to Stars Hollow High, that would be okay with her. And there's this conversation of 
Lorelai telling her, I don't want you to feel this pressure because I didn't get to do the big college thing. I want to make sure that Harvard is your dream, not my dream for you. And Rory says to her, I want that dream. I want Harvard. I'm willing to put in the work for it. Once I get caught up, things will be a lot better because Lorelai is concerned that she's not enjoying her time as a 16-year-old, that she's getting caught up in things that aren't going to matter later. And Rory reassures her that this is something that she wants. This is something that she wants to do. This is the first time we see uh, Rory fighting for it. Right. And I think that's really interesting because at the beginning of the episode, I think Rory would have gone back to Stars Hollow High. I think part of her misses being that big fish in the small pond. But somewhere along the way, she decided she doesn't want to give up. She wants to keep pushing for it. And I think that says a lot about her character there. And and like you said, like was Lorelai specifically pointing out, hey, just because it was my dream and I've been literally wrapping you up in a Harvard sweatshirt since you were two years old, mm-hmm. you don't have to do this. Right. It's like, you know crazy dance moms who like make their kids mm-hmm. do dances or pageants or whatever. Yeah. It revisits episode three with the little girl in the dress. Yeah. And Rory says, thank you for not putting me in the white dress. Mm-hmm. And I, I, we see these moments where Lorelai starts to question her parenting. Am I becoming too much like my mother? Am I trying to control things that I should have no say in at all? Mm-hmm. And I think It's good that she questions herself, but at the same time, there does come a point as a parent where you need to push your children. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So it's interesting to see that side of it. Yeah. And it gets Rory out of it. Yeah. Rory's like, wait, no, I am going to do this. Don't worry about it. I'm not going back to Stars Hollow High. Right. She doesn't want to give up. Mm -hmm. And this is back to the old Rory. Of not giving up, not getting, not letting one thing ruin her entire trajectory for life. And I want to say it's so sweet that she wants to go and look for that deer because I would do the same thing. You're never going to find that deer. She's such a sweetheart. And we never find out if she found the deer. No. And we never find out if that food critic liked the risotto. I was just going to make that connection. We never find out if the deer is okay, and we never find out if he liked the risotto. That's cool, isn't it? I like that. That must be intentional. Do you think it's intentional? It has to be. Mm-hmm. Because it, it doesn't be. matter. Because we've been drawing comparisons with those two storylines this entire time. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. So the episode ends with them coming home and deciding to go to Luke's and coming to terms with the fact that all right, we're going to do this, we're going to work hard, we're going to study, but we're going to do it at Luke's. Yep, we're going to have food and we're going to have fun. And as they walk in the door, the phone is ringing. Lorelai decides, eh, I've had enough of this day. I am not answering the phone. For all she knows, it could be her mother calling to complain to her. Because I'm assuming Hanlon would discuss that with her mother and father. But uh, it's Max Medina. He's probably making this phone call while he's staring at himself in the mirror. Ew. Yeah. I <laughs> you know? Totally. And smiling at himself. Yeah. 
But anyways. So he leaves a message. He's saying that the headmaster agreed to let Rory do extra credit work to make up for the test that she missed. He doesn't know what it will entail. It will probably be very time consuming, but the opportunity is there and he doesn't want her to give up. He ends the phone call by saying he hopes he encounters Lorelai again. He's like, by the way, he's like, and if Lorelai's listening, I was so, what does he say? And so nice to meet you. I hope to see you again. Yeah, I hope I encounter you again oh, soon. Ugh. Don't Gross. say encounter to me, Max. <laughs> Back off. But, you know, I don't know. This is weird that this message is for his student. And then, and then ends it by hitting on her mom. If I was Lori and I heard that, I'd be like, ew. What? Yeah, what is that? Ugh. So inappropriate. But that brings us to the end of this episode. So to wrap it all up, our usual spiel here at the end, there were 11 pop culture references in this episode. And I think we should clarify what we consider to be a pop culture reference <clears throat> again. I know we've talked about it before. But when we are talking about a pop culture reference, we are referring to one made as like an offhand comment. Mm -hmm. So if it's um, in a teacher lecture or if someone is talking about something in pop culture specifically, like to give us like a time reference, we do not count that. Mm -hmm. We count it as in a quip or a quick, a quick witted comment. Yeah, because there was, um, we didn't cover the scene we kind of went by it, but when Drella is playing on the harp. Oh yeah. She plays black Sabbath. She's playing Iron Man. Yeah. Which is hilarious. But, um, on the harp, but we, we were kind of sitting there like, do we count that? But we didn't. No, so, we didn't. Um, just because it didn't. But then when she says, I'm already Shaw, that is a pop yeah. culture reference because it has nothing to do with the scene itself. Gotcha. Yep. So mm -hmm. that's where we're drawing the line there. I think if we didn't draw the line, this episode would have had almost like 20. Yeah. So that so, so that first episode we did, I don't know if we should have technically um, counted Macy Gray. Right. Right. So I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> this is our podcast, so we'll make the rules. But we had... 11 pop culture references and like we do every week elise will work her tiktok editing magic and she will post the gilmore girl references on our instagram we are working on getting our own tiktok as well so um please 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 follow us on instagram at underscore growing up gilmore underscore and look for the tiktok account coming soon mm -hmm. uh we also would appreciate if you would subscribe to our podcast leave us a review <laughs> but thank you so much again for listening next week we have cinnamon's wake which is one of my personal favorites Ooh, it's gonna be so season. good it's so good i love Bebe. and we Mark. get some luke we get some luke and we get some dean <laughs> no <I know>. no <laughs> Well, if we're going to talk about Max, we might as well talk about Dean. But remember, our key focus is the, women. is the women. So we will leave you with that. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is Amy. And this is Elise. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>